Welcome to Dad's Talking Dollars, the podcast all about helping all the dads out there make better decisions with their finances and take some stress out of your lives. We'll help you get on top of your loans, mortgages, interest rates, kids' education, and much more. And whether it's a holiday with the family, a new car, a trip with the lads, whatever you want to do, we're here to help you achieve it. For our listeners at home, we're, uh, we're just going to set the scene for you. We're sitting in a nice pub here in Newcastle with a delicious, nice, hazy, mid-strength pale. What do you guys got? What are you guys drinking? I believe the same. It's a cold beer, that's yeah. for sure. Whatever Daniel Brown and the business card purchased. D- daytime drinking. We need to look after ourselves. I heard there's a song written about that. Body is a temple. <laughs> Isn't it what? Welcome to Dad's Talking Dollars. Uh, I'm your host here, Nick Saxon. Next to me is Daniel Brown. Now, for those who don't know Daniel Brown, he's our, he's our finance expert. Tell us a little bit more about yourself, Daniel, what you do and why you're here. Well, Nick, I guess uh, going backwards before we go forward, I've been working as a financial advisor for nearly 20 years, uh, helping Australians make better money moves, and we've got a desire to make that Australia-wide and really break down what's complex in most people's lives uh, to simple ways so they can make little steps forward throughout their personal and financial uh, lives. And if we can you know, give one key idea out of each of these episodes and someone goes, oh, that's the stuff I should do too, well, hopefully we can make an impact. So we've got a financial planning business based here in Newcastle, Central Coast and Port Macquarie called Coastal Advice Group and our online business portal, education portal called My Money Sorted. So hopefully uh, we get to promote them throughout the next few episodes and I guess why we wanted to showcase some of the locals that we come across on a day-to-day basis is to let them share their story and really um, break down what's going on for them, where they've had success. And uh, I think there's also a little trick that if we actually look backwards at what people have done or the beliefs they've formed around money, uh, perhaps you can actually have a bit of a laugh along the way at what our parents taught us (laughs) and how that's uh, impacted what, what we're doing today. Today's special guest, let's cut to the chase here, it's Male Model and owner of BPG, Concrete Solutions, Brent Grinter. How are we? Very well. How That's are you? Oh, mate, I'm excellent. You're Living the dream. You're looking well. Oh, thank you. It must, must be, be the bees. Must be the bees. He's a good-looking unit, all right? So I know this is a podcast for dad dads. He had a dad bod before you even became a dad. <laughs> he wasn't even a dad and he had a dad bod. How the hell does that happen, man? Preemptive. We're going to start this um, podcast with a tradition. This is Dan's idea. Every guest we get on here, before we even ask him a question, we want to... Hear their best dad joke. Best dad joke. Best dad joke. Well, I don't know if it's the best dad joke, but I certainly have one. If money doesn't grow on trees, then why do banks have branches? (laughs) (laughs) It's very relative to our dad's talking dollars. Did your daughter tell you that one? Uh, At the tender age of four, she's taught me a few things and maybe said a few cracks along the way. So, DB, what about you? Surely you've got to... Good dad joke up your sleeve. I told you, we'll try to do this off the cuff, so the best yeah. one I got, what do you call a cow with two legs? Lean beef. <laughs> That's not bad. I reckon he pips me I at think, the post I feel like one. he wants to go again for <laughs> something else. He's got that look on his face. A, what do you call a cow with one leg? Steak. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call a cow with no legs? Ground beef. <laughs> Thank you to my son Isaac for that one, and apologies to all the vegans. Brent, let's talk about your business, mate. The business name, what's that all about? What does BPG mean? Um, So BPG actually is the initials of my name, 
which oh. is Brent Peter Grinter. Right. Yeah, I guess my family name, somewhere along the lines there. But it also stands for Blast Prep Grind, which is the industry we're in. Well, you understand you grew up in Geelong. Do you follow the AFL being a Geelong boy? Or? I absolutely do. I follow do the mighty Geelong Cats. Well, that's great, mate. We don't really care about that because <laughs> we are from, we're up here we in Newcastle, moving right we along. Don't watch we don't care about netball. How did you end up in Newcastle then? Um, essentially, I was a plumber in Melbourne, uh, running commercial jobs, and I'd just come back from the mines. I'd always wanted more. I guess I'd covered every industry in my plumbing trade and career, uh, from domestic, commercial, and I was a little bit bored. I, I wanted more. Uh, the next step was you know, going into business for myself, and a friend had mentioned uh, a franchise opportunity up here in the flooring space. And so we took it. We took the plunge and ended up in Newcastle where we knew nobody. And what a trip it's been. If you can think about that point in time, because often you'll talk to people and they go, well, you know, I'm thinking about starting my own business and there's a lot of fear that kicks in. So if you can look back now and look at that decision, the shift between employee to self-employed, I know there's a lot of fearful moments at that point, but also how long did it take to feel like liberated as well? That's a good question. Well, I mean, because we did move interstate, um, we didn't know anyone. To be honest, that was quite liberating for me because I had the expectation of nobody that I knew um, upon my shoulders. You know, the only person I guess I had to fail was, was myself. So. so you ended up in Newcastle, but you didn't stay long, did you? I mean, you set up the business, it's going really well, and then you guys just decided, hey, bugger this, I'm going to sell the house and go on a, the most excellent of adventures around Australia. The, the trip was what Loz and I called the long way home. Uh, we obviously had our first daughter up here, Iluka, and parts of us wanted to head back to, both of our families are down there, so parts of us wanted to head back down there and um, I guess just have that family support. Then COVID hit. We turned the, the long way home into a 12-month trip of pretty much New South Wales and Queensland <laughs> with a cross into Cameron's Corner in South Australia. I think the interesting part at that point, because a lot of Aussies have goals mm. and, you know, put it in a too hard basket, throw it in the top drawer and we'll get to that later and life passes them by. And for you, I know, as we know, Brent personally, it was like, well, you build a business, you sold a business, you bought a house, you renovated a house, started a family and then you made a decision, you know what, well, the life can wait you know, it was a bold move. Yeah, it didn't really bother me that we were having that, that short period of time off because I, I knew our future goals and we were going to prosper, so. How did you afford a trip like that? That's what I'm curious about. Family of three, right? Yes. Big trip around Australia. Yep. Would have cost a few pretty pennies to do that with, with you know, the fuel and et cetera. How did you afford it? We, we worked long and hard um, to get where we were, mm. the position we were. We were. And we kind of treated it more like a holiday. So if you uh, you go into it like that, I guess you're probably going to spend a bit more money than your average traveller with a set budget. So, but in in our heads, it was I guess it was a reward for all the hard work and and things we'd done. I mean, it's a pretty damn good thing to be able to go on holidays. Full stop. I think every dad's dream is to pack the pack the van or the caravan up, take the kids in, bikes on the back. You know, you see the warrior dads <laughs> yeah. up the highway. They got 18 canoes. We're travelling about 80 kilometres an hour, kids are screaming in the back. What about, we're talking about uh, before Brent went away, we're going to buy him a set, you know, a going away present, and we racked our brain and we're like, well, what would we want if we're away? And you're like, well, you're living in a caravan, we should get some of those 
chock blocks. In case the vans are rocking, don't come and knocking. <laughs> can, can you tell us about how that went? <laughs> the, the van rocking? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so the van rocked a lot. Um, and I had to get up on top of the roof, on the rooftop tent, to, uh, to asleep. So, yeah, the, the nightly commute up and down or in the middle of the night, depending on how much um, crispy ales I'd had. Um, Did you get it the right balance? If you had three or four, your sweet... Well, once you went over, you, had to, you knew you were doing the, you know, the climb of shame. Uh, yeah, climb of shame most nights, I'd say. <laughs> on, like I said, we were on holidays. <laughs> I guess one of the things we wanted to do with this podcast is go back in time and think about a cracking story you might have heard or a, I guess ultimately somewhere where your parents have said something about their money or whatever it may be. Do you remember a banger from one of your parents? Hopefully you would never say to your own children. Both my parents were, were people of action, so as far as, you know, sit down, some we've got some advice for you. That wasn't really a thing. Um, finances were quite hidden. Maybe that was a generational thing from our parents. You know, I saw, I saw my parents there my whole life struggling uh, financially. And I guess I, I, I did have an awareness around that. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you go through that dynamic of, you know, the, I guess at the 80s babies... Uh, you know, they'd probably come through, inter- you know, I used to hear interest rates so expensive, they're paying 17, 18%, and so that could be ingrained in us, but yet our kids probably got to, in this day and time, as a low interest rate environment, and all of a sudden we're squealing about 5% uh, <laughs> interest rates, and so that's going to have an impact on them probably as well. So mm. you go back and say, well, you know, and what did they learn? Our parents learned from someone else. It was their parents, and they probably came out the back of a depression or thereabouts, so depending on the age you are and whatever. You can sort of think that there's a chronological order of what you've learnt, and I think there's a lot, a lot of literature now to support that, you know, having a look at your money beliefs and going going back to go forward. So, like, absolutely, if we don't be conscious of what we're teaching, you'll just teach them the same things we learn. Yeah, definitely. Today's episode is sponsored by Coastal Advice Group. They offer financial planning and specialise in helping people like you build a plan for the future. Head over to coastaladvicegroup.com.au and book yourself a free initial meeting. So we've touched on the past. Um, You've got a pretty amazing story. You've overcome some big odds. I think it's pretty inspiring. Speaking of inspiration, I mean, your family's doing great. You've just actually had a second daughter. So now a family of... Four. Your hands are very full at the moment, Thank you, sir. so to speak. Yeah. Plus he's got a busy family life. And that as well. <laughs> I thought the dad jokes was at the start. Is there someone or something that you do for inspiration yourself? And to be honest, a lot of my inspiration does come from the people that I know and, and um, interact with on a daily basis, the people you surround yourself with. So, so having, you know, defined gentlemen like Daniel Brown on your side and in your corner for inspiration, it's... Um, yeah, it's fantastic and, you know, you, you've kind of got to make the most of the opportunities that are presented. So, yeah, that inspiration just really comes from close to home. So I think it's absolutely true is that you've become who you hang around and we all had our challenges through COVID and it's like, is it happening to us or we take it by the horns and, and take our challenge right in front of us and go for it. So attitude determines your altitude. Our listeners out there may be doing, you know, starting their own little business, having a crack at something new. Have you got any advice on what not to do? I, I look, to be honest, I don't look at it as right or wrong because I just think, I guess you really learn from, the quicker you make the mistakes, 
the quicker you move on, the quicker you get better at it. DB, from a, from a, um, an advice point of view, what's the most common mistake that you see businesses make, especially startup ones? Good question. I'm helping a guy at the moment just with some mentoring, understanding, well, it's probably cash flow. Like, you know, you can focus on your expenses, but you also got to focus on your income. And I usually have one or the other. I think it's a really interesting dynamic because if you put too much focus on one or the other, it's going to send your business broke. So just being aware of what's going in or know your numbers. If you're not sure, ask people because there's things I'm still learning today. And that's why you employ professionals like accountants bookkeepers and so forth to support you because you're not you don't have to have all the skills you just got to know what's going on so is there a stigma around financial advice and it costs too much or it doesn't work or on the financial planning i would say well you know what uh, i'm obviously a true advocate of it i've invested heavily in it uh in trying to grow a business uh, on a day-to-day basis and i truly believe the outcomes we get for people are superior to the costs you know what it's going to probably be in the eye of the beer holder uh, <laughs> what they see is value. Beer holder. I once watched a keynote speaker. His name was Sam Cawthorne. He'd gone through a bit of personal adversity. And I won't share his story, but I'm sure if he wants to be on the podcast now, we can reach out to him. Calling uh, Sam. Calling he talked about, Sam. Oh, hello, Sam. Uh, we're mates, remember? I've stalked you at least three times. <laughs> this, thing, week. <laughs> this week? <laughs> Today. <laughs> I think one of the tricks is that we've all, you know, there's lots of adversity through our lives and you know we're all going to get it, it's no matter of when, but if. And all of us could talk and think about that. But he talked about a concept of instead of bouncing back, you bounce forward. And that stuck with me a lot uh, through my career. I probably saw him 10 years ago now, overseas somewhere, uh, an Aussie guy. And I think that's a really important thing is that we, when you go through businesses and franchises and all the things from and financially, there's always things that are going to go wrong, but it's that mindset, that determination to bounce forward. Great advice. Because you could potentially bounce in any direction, couldn't you? I think, can we just talk about on the, the business side, hmm. we go back to that previous conversation around the default of businesses would be to overestimate their income and underestimate the expenses when the reality is complete opposite. How do you price the jobs out? You know, Do you call on someone to give you that wisdom? Is there a program you... How do, you know, how do you get that right every time and build a buffer into it, I guess, as well, to make sure something does go wrong? Yeah, and I guess we are in the game where, you know, there is potential for failings, be it the environment. You know, we do a lot of work in commercial kitchens, um, all those food processing places, so there is a lot of moisture, but there's also time frames. People need their, their money coming in. Those businesses need their money coming in, so we don't have time to always give them the ideal outcome, I guess. You've really got to allow for that possibility that something may go wrong, given those parameters around the job. And you can always ask your client, is there other people quoting this? If so, it's not, it's not always about the price. Sometimes it's about the outcome and what you're offering versus someone else because no two prices are always the same. Um, so unless they've got a very specific product that they wish to use and you're all pricing on the exact same thing, I guess, in a sense, it's kind of open to interpretation of what myself as the contractor comes in and I interpret what Daniel Brown wants in his space. And the next guy comes in and he interprets what you need on your space as well. So I guess clear clarification about what they really want. Great answer. 
Yeah. What about how does the business win from here? What does the future look like? We will continue to grow and, and service that food prep industry and food safe flooring. It is an industry that fortunately for us as installers and contractors and business owners, it's an ongoing thing. You know, it's it's like a panel beater shop. They're never not gonna be around and we'll just continue to provide those good outcomes that our clients want. When we talk to self-employed people, I guess one of the concepts is employees or white-collar workers earning a PAYG, sorry, salary or wage each week and paying their expenses. You know, they all have their own goals and aspirations, uh, and so do self-employed people. And often I'll say, well, you're probably better off investing in the vehicle that's going to create the wealth. So often the business should be seen as a vehicle or you know, maybe it's an aeroplane where it's got to have the right marketing, the right sales the right team in place to deliver the outcome, financial outcomes. So two questions. Who do you outsource things to to make sure you can focus on the roles you want? And secondly, how do you make sure you get the personal outcomes you're looking to, from the business as well? I, I guess, you know, like most tradies, book smarts are not overly strong. I guess stick in your lane, stick to what you know, stick to what you're good at and outsource what you can. You, you're not always going to be able to just afford all that stuff straight up off the bat you've got to walk before you can you've got to crawl before you can walk before you can run so you, you've got to get used to that organic growth um, and that fundamental basis of a business is key because yep. otherwise I think it just falls flat on its face Are you like a soccer dad that you want your daughters to grow up doing what you want them to do or where would you like to see them in, in the 20 years time? Where do I want to see them in the future? Look I mean as far as I'm concerned if, if they're decent humans and they're kind and happy and and they feel safe to be themselves I, I think that's all a parent can really ask you know and, and learn from our mistakes as as people Dan you're a dad as well have your children taught you much about being a dad happy like Brent said you know happy in their own skin and yeah I'm pretty lucky my two are very easy to deal with now at 10 and t- 10 and 13 uh, and it's interesting watching the dynamics of you know reflecting on how you were as a kid and how that plays out in your children uh, because uh, they're both smart, smart asses. Um, I'm going to get some of my own medicine back, uh, and they're going to have to watch them where they go when they're 16, because they may be going down the park too often than uh, like I did. Stay in school, kids. Stay in school. Get an education. And do what Dad did. Brent, thanks for joining us today, mate. Really appreciate your time and your insight on everything that's going on. Thank you, Dan. DB, as usual, it was absolute pleasure. We'll check you guys next episode. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to Dad's Talking Dollars. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to like and subscribe to our channel. You can also find us on Instagram where you can leave a comment on what you'd like to hear next time on Dad's Talking Dollars. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we work and live, the Awabakal and Warami peoples, and pay our respect to Elders past, present and emerging. Mm